Now we got to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. We are joined by Brendan Gulick, who's been covering the Indians over the past couple of days for us. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. Uh, we will get to your Pinehurst trip. Uh, trip, excuse me. We will get to uh, where I golfed yesterday off your recommendation, which was a Mwah chef's kiss of a recommendation by you. We'll get, we'll get to, to all of that. Yeah, we'll get to all that coming up in a little bit. We have some business to tend to first, as the okay. uh, the Indians have made. Listen, I love this lineup today, by the way. I really do. I think Josh Naylor should be at first base, and I feel like we should be done with the Jake Bowers slash Yu Chang platoon. But I didn't think we would get there because I didn't think Tito, after the Cincinnati game, would go back to Josh Naylor at first base. Were you surprised that was on the lineup card today? Uh, admittedly, I wasn't. Um, I, it's so easy to be overly frustrated right now with where the Indians are at first base because it, it really hasn't mattered yet who they've put out there. The productivity has been really, really low. Uh, I think I read earlier today that there are a couple of National League pitchers who have higher OPSs than the Indians' first baseman combined so far this year. Obviously, it's been a, a huge frustrating spot. And, and, you know, Jake Bowers and Yu Chang, neither one of them have gotten it going offensively. We've at least seen some flashes here and there from Naylor. So, you know, give it a shot and, and see what happens today. I mean, somewhere along the way, you got to figure out if these guys can play or if it's time to move on from them. So uh, not, not stunned to see Naylor there today. Well, and that, that stat you brought up comes on the heels of uh, Adam sending me a – well, he didn't send me a text, actually. He, he sent, well, he sent me – kind of sent me a text. He sent me a text of his, um, of his tweet, right, which is always a fun move. Uh, and it was since September 3rd, 2019. He laid – Zach Wheeler, Corbin Burns, Jacob DeGrom. They all have more RBIs than Jake Bowers does. Yep. Pitiful. Yeah. No, it's, it's not good. It's, it's not good at all. I mean – Somewhere along the way, these guys have to figure it out. They got to step up. They've got to get it going, and, and uh, that can't be a massive liability for this team if, if we're going to, you know, see the Indians as a competitive group. I mean, obviously the schedule's not super favorable here. The first probably two months of the season, they're playing against some teams that, you know, are, are very likely playoff contenders. Um, so I guess at least you're measuring yourself against competition that you expect is going to be good, but. Um, Boy, there, there's there's a, a lot of clamoring right now for guys down in AAA to see who can come up and maybe fill that role. Obviously, Bradley's the, the biggest name, right? you got to figure out somewhere along the way if he can play too. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, all right, so let's let's go to last night's game because uh, I've been saying all day I, I don't really blame the Indians' offense when they just struggle against Garrett Cole. When you have a bad offense to begin with anyway, I'm not mad at you when you stay bad against one of the elite of elite pitchers. I get mad on Thursday and Friday when they go out to a 3 nothing lead and then find a way to blow both those games. I get mad about those games, uh, but a game like last night, it was just two pitchers at their best, right? I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, last night, you know, sometimes, and I wrote this on the website, you know, the beauty of baseball sometimes can be its unpredictable nature. You know, you, you go to a game because you just never know what could happen. You, you might find something that you've never seen before. You might see something go totally off script from what you expected. But, man, if last night didn't seem like a slam dunk for what was going to happen, I don't know what did. I mean, you had two guys with heavy, heavy stuff, you know, super powerful arms. You, you, you had to think last night's game was going to feature 20-some-odd strikeouts, and it did. Uh, and it might take one or two runs, and that would be about it in order to to maybe win uh, win a game. But unfortunately, it, it you know wasn't quite enough to to get it done. Um, obviously, frustrating that 
you know, the, the Indians struck first when you score first against Garrett Cole and you got Bieber on the hill. You certainly like your chances, but, um, you know, Shane's human too and, and threw a, a changeup that uh, I thought was just a really good piece of hitting that uh, was basically the decisive blow of the game with that second solo home run, and that was it. So, yeah, pretty frustrating. Yeah, and I think the more frustrating part is that late in these games, they've not been able to do anything. You know, they went the final 17 outs without a hit. Thursday night, they went since uh, they had one hit since the fifth inning. And late in games, it's just been a big struggle for this team. Yeah, and, and frankly, you know, the, the Yankees' bullpen, for as good as Garrett Cole was last night and historically has been, the Yankees have the best bullpen right now in all of baseball. Yeah. Um, you know, the Yankees are known as being this offensive juggernaut throughout their, uh, you know, their storied history. And right now they've got arguably, statistically, the best pitching staff they may have ever had, uh, certainly in terms of strikeouts. They're, they're setting team records. Um, it's it's kind of scary. The Yankees, for as bad as they started the year, they come to Cleveland here and, and they've kind of laid it on the tribe a little bit. But uh, unfortunately, when they get past their starter, they, they seem to get stronger. So uh, Indians have to figure out a way to – maybe break down that bullpen today. Brandon Gould joining us here on 92.3 The Fan, back at the ballpark, hanging out. I hope you get a hot dog. I hope you have, like, a Sunday. I hope you're, like, really taking everything that the ballpark offers. Uh, but, well, how is the ballpark, by the way? I haven't made my way over there yet to Progressive this year. Is it is it that different right now, or are we getting back to normal? Um, it's it's kind of somewhere in between being normal and totally abnormal. You know, there, there, are, there were 8,800 fans here last night. I think the hope is that they're going to be able to increase attendance to about 40% uh, in May. You know, you certainly get the vibe that people are happy to be here and feel comfortable and safe being here. You know, everywhere you walk and look, there's Purell stations and hand sanitizer. And, you know, you you get the sense that the organization is taking very seriously their responsibility to to give fans a a chance to stay healthy and safe. But, um, you know, at the same token, trying to make sure that, uh, they they sort of reopen the ballpark, if you will, in a, in a responsible way. So, yeah, it's it's starting to feel somewhat normal, but um, you know, it might be uh, another couple months before it really feels like what it what it you know, what we're used to. Yeah, well, you got a fun one today. I love watching Tristan McKenzie pitch. Uh, one, although I think he got one of the best lineups the Indians put out there today. But also, uh, Tristan McKenzie, he's built like a Twizzler. Uh, but he's he's just he's just fun to me. I don't know why. I just love watching him play. Uh, how do you see his short season so far? How do you how do you think he's been? Um, he's obviously got electrifying stuff. You know, you're right. He is built like a Twizzler. Uh, he's a beanpole man. He's 165 pounds soaking wet. Uh, and so there is there is a part of me that I'm, and I'm sure everybody else feels this way. You kind of wonder, gee, how can a guy that's that thin? Uh, how, how is his body and his arm going to hold up? But so far, it's done that throughout his his young career in the minor leagues too. Um, you know, I, I think he's got crazy good stuff. Let's just see what his longevity looks like. But this, I, I think, this should be a guy that's part of our our rotation here in Cleveland for several years to come. All right, let's get to the fun stuff now. Uh, Pinehurst, uh, have you made a photo with Payne Stewart, your Facebook profile pic? And if not, why not? Uh, I have the picture. It has not become the Facebook profile <laughs> picture. I'm getting very close. I've, I took hundreds of pictures this past week, so we're we're sorting through them to find the best of the best. And then uh, you know we'll, we'll post them. I hope you do. I really need to see that. Send that send that photo to me anyway, just in case you never I posted. Will. I need to see it. How was it? Was everything awesome with Pioneers? Like like where on golf adventures was this for you? 
Uh, I mean, it's pretty high, right? I mean, it's um, you, you kind of go there with this preconceived notion uh, because so much of um, the, the mystery can be taken out of trips like this now with all the things you can find on social media, all the videos you can watch on YouTube, all that kind of stuff. So you kind of know what you're getting into. You know what certain holes look like. You know what, you know, <laughs> you're not necessarily surprised by what's in front of you. But I'll tell you right now, Pinehurst number two is the hardest golf course I've ever seen in my life. Really? There are 18 spectacular holes on that course, and it will punch you in the face, and you'll walk away with a smile because uh, it is such an unbelievable test of championship golf to separate guys who are kind of good from guys who are really good. Um, you can get in the wrong spot so easily at a place like that. Um, but I mean, just some incredible spots We've played mid pines and pine needles, which has hosted several women's U S opens played three of the courses at Pinehurst itself. It was, uh, it was a pretty special trip and, and something I'll certainly do again. Did, did you come close to a hole in one number two for you at the cradle or no? <laughs> you know what? I didn't. Uh, but, uh, my buddy who I went with was about three inches away from hitting a hole in one at, uh, at pine. Needles. Oh. That was pretty cool, man. What yeah, was the well, distance well, on well. it? That would I mean, I that would get uh, me more infuriated than be happy was, about it. I think it was, yeah, I think it was something like 180 yards. He had a six oh, I would. So I think was, I would get more cool. upset if I if I was within three inches. I think I would get more upset <laughs> than just it actually happening. You know, I'd, I'd be like, I'd be like, oh no, uh, just what what a tease that is. Uh, so I went to a place that has a statue yesterday. Uh, Stonewater, off your suggestion, is where I was playing yeah. yesterday. My goodness, how nice is that course? It's a great track, man. There are a lot of really, really good courses here in Northeast Ohio, and that is certainly one of them. I played with um, this guy uh, named Fernando from Argentina. I played with my, my father-in-law, but I also played with this guy named Fernando from Argentina. Shout out, Fernando. Okay. He was awesome to play with. And I'm thinking the entire time, I'm like, oh, he's going to tell, like, because he comes in over, he's like, first he goes, are you, are you two together? As if we're like a couple. It's like me and my father-in-law. Like, no, no, we're not. We're not a couple. Uh, and thank you. Thank you for that. I guess. Um, it's actually, I, I don't know who's, a, I don't know who it's a compliment to, to be honest. Uh, I think it's a compliment to the father-in-law, but I'm not entirely sure. And, uh, and he goes, no, 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 no. I mean, are you in love? And I'm like, uh, you know, I have a fiance. Yeah. You know, that's where the father-in-law thing comes in, in play here. And he's like, he's like, listen, being married with kids is the greatest blessing you'll ever have in life. And because it's like three dudes on a course, I'm waiting. I'm like, all right, so where's the punchline? Like, there's going to be some sort of like big joke to come up next, right? And then he looks as dead serious in the eye and he goes, is really great. And that was it. Like, there was no big punchline. There was no nothing. He just needed to express how awesome he thought it was that being married was. Like, he was like, this is like the greatest, coolest thing ever. And I'm like, I'm happy for you, Fernando from Argentina. Like, very good job. Oh, uh, that's funny. That's funny. No, man, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's, uh, that course is usually in really good shape and uh, something I enjoy playing a couple times a year for sure. I love the water holes, as you know. Like that's what I, I think I've expressed oh, yeah. that to you. Like I love any hole that involves water. I think that part of golf is so fun, and uh, like every hole basically had water in play at some point. So I loved it. Loved it. Well, from from that perspective, I'm not sure how much you love Pinehurst number two then, because there is one small pond in front of the tee box on 16. But other than that, there's no water anywhere on the course. It's just crazy crazy greens uh waste bunkers with this wire grass pine straw everywhere uh it's a different kind of golf down there if you're uh, if you're a water kind of guy 
No, if you could if you could make a golf course that was basically like eighteen different island holes, I'm that's my that's my dream course. You're in. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my dream course. All right, Brandon, enjoy course designing business. <laughs> I, I could do Tom Fazio, take a back seat, man. Like, I'm here. Uh, I'm here to stay. I love it. All right, thank you, Brandon. Appreciate your time, man. Uh, enjoy the game today, okay? You bet. Yeah, you right, bet. Brandon Gulick right there here on 92.3 The Fan. Covering the Indians over the past couple days. Obviously a lot to say about uh, the starter today and Tristan McKenzie that I'm really excited about. Interesting stuff there. Josh Naylor at first base today. About time. Let's make this a permanent thing. Let's make Josh Naylor at first base a permanent thing. It's much better than you, Chang, and Jake Powers. There's no question about it. This to me, and Josh Naylor is still not proven, by the way. I don't want to walk around here thinking that Josh Naylor is like the man. He's set. He doesn't have anything to, no, he still has to prove that he can be a good major league player. A lot of people riding high off that postseason series against the Yankees for Josh Naylor. He still has to prove it. But I do get a little pep in my step when I see Josh Naylor at first base. The lineup today looks like a lineup that you don't think to yourself you only have three opportunities every nine to get on base. You know, every time Rosario, J-Ram, or Franville pop up, most, most games you're looking around like, is that the only stretch they have? This one at least seems better. If you threw Roberto Perez in there, I think it'd be the best lineup that Tito could put together.